And welcome. You're listening to the Dice of Screaming. Woo! Yeah. This is the Dice of Screaming podcast. I'm Clem. And I'm Clyde. And together we're the Dungeon Brothers. That's right. We know our way around a dungeon or two. And we're filling in for a couple of fellows we know. Who are nice enough guys, but they're both DMs. And, well... You know how the world works. DMs are out to screw your player characters out of loot, out of treasure, and out of hit points. And EPs. You can't trust them any further than you can throw them. Nice enough bellows and all that. But, you know, like a dog scratching at fleas, DMs just try to screw characters. So we're here to fill in for Mike and Randy and tell you all about how... To have your equipment fighting in your corner against the DM sneakery. That's right. Now see, we adhere to the principle. A stab it until it dies. And a fine old rule it is, too. Because most of the time, that's how you get rid of any creators that are making themselves a nuisance. You just stab, stab it, it till it, it dies. dies. That's right. Now there are certain circumstances that you find yourself in that you can't deal with just with a good old-fashioned stabbing. Now, this is where our advice comes in. Sometimes you have to set it on fire. It's, it's true. There's a lot of creatures that don't respond well to sharp, pokey items and don't even respond that well to heavy clubbing items. Them, you burn. Yeah. And if the burning don't work, well, running is an option. That's always an option. Now, now, don't let your DM tell you otherwise. Equip your characters well. That's right. And the first thing you need is some oil, an alchemist fire, and something to set it on fire with. <laughs> yeah, some folks got all this newfangled stuff like alchemist fire that don't need no lighting and no nothing but throwing. Now, in the old days, all we had was just plain oil. And first you had to soak somebody in it, and then you had to get it lit. Huh. Yeah, that's one of the days, though. Well, I'm liking this new stuff that they got, where you just throw it and it lights up on the spot. Yeah, but you can't always count on that, so always take yourself some oil. And lots of it. Now, nothing's worse than finding yourself in a situation where you need a big fire, and all you got is like one lousy vial of oil. Ain't gonna cut it. You can't burn up an entire troll with one vial of oil. Well, you can if you slice it fine enough. True enough. But it's all squirming around and trying to grab at you. But you might want to hurry or you wind up with two, three, four, who knows how many trolls. That ain't no situation you want to be in. Uh Uh-uh. Now, other things that a, a, a clever warrior might have about his person, it's worth the money. Pay your local clerics Get you some healing potions and holy water. That's right. You need them healing potions. Yeah, good old warrior juice. Best thing for you. Uh, it's like having a cleric in your own pocket without having him buster you all day long about why you wasn't in the pew on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Now, holy water. Now that's, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Them on dead don't like that. Not one bit. Uh-uh. Negative energy creatures do not like holy water. And if you haven't got a cleric handy, you sure want some of this with you. That's right, because some of them dead don't have the good sense to stay dead. Go crawling around, rocking around, all that stuff. Needless to say, we don't much like necromancers. Yeah, 
Now, I hate having to do my good work over and over again. <laughs> and you do it well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to recommend right out of the gate, every warrior should be equipped with one of each of the key types of weapons. Numero uno, piercing and or thrusting, a nice, nice long spear. Yeah, stabbing. <laughs> Make them come to you. Make them critters work for it. They want to eat you. They got to come through them spears to get at you. That's right, setting for charge. Oh. Yeah. Just watching them line up and pile up on the end of the spear. Yeah, and spears are darn cheap. Ah, yeah, don't cost but a thing. Now, a club, a morning star, or a mace. Or, of course, the classic hammer. That's right, because a hammer... It's more than just one use. You can just do something other than just bash a creature's skull in with it. You can drive in iron spikes to a door. You can drive in pythons to a wall and climb up it. Yeah, and there ain't nothing like driving iron spikes under a door so that the frame can't be opened without creating a ruckus. You don't know what kind of sneaky creatures might be coming up back the hallway after you've gone by. Make sure your DM has to kick up a fuss just to get them creatures in place behind you. And you'll be in the know and ready for the charge. Make them pay for every hit point they plan, they plan to carve off you. That's right. Now, then you got your next item. It's one of my personal favorites. That's my alcohol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, a little, uh, <coughs> little medieval moonshine. That's right. High-octane burning stuff. Aside from being a handy diversion in moments at the campsite when you've got some leisure time to yourself, it's also mm -hmm. good for debonding. Uh, alcohol is not only a disinfectant for wounds, uh, it is also extremely useful in lighting fires when you run out of oil or for debonding glues and greases. Yeah, you just have to use a whole lot of it, though. Seems a shame. You know... <laughs> It's a waste of good drinking. That's right. And you can also use it to bribe some monsters, too. Because uh, they course. like some good giggle juice just as much as everyone else. Yeah, you share that happy water, and the next thing you know, that critter's got his eyes rolling back in his head and taking a nap. And you just march off with his treasure. <laughs> yeah. Now then, they're water skins. Now, those can come in handy. Not only for drinking and cleaning yourself up for going back into town after being in the dungeon all for a long time, or one of them their sewers. You can also empty it out and use it to carry other things like, well, oil. <laughs> I like oil. Oh, well, now, the nicest thing about a water skin is that it's not just a thing for carrying life-saving water. Uh, it also, when it's empty, can include air. In which case, and I'm not saying it was me, but you may find yourself having to hide underwater to avoid being eaten by something much larger and with a great many more hit points than yourself. And a few precious puffs of air hidden in that can let you stay underwater until the danger has passed. That's Just right. Just saying. Ain't no shame hiding underneath water. I don't know what you're talking about. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Not my proudest moment. But other weapons to carry handy, the axe or large sword, although I'm a personal fan of the axe because you can cut your way through doors if need be. Yeah, and it's damn reliable. Now, last but not least, missile weapons. Don't ever be caught without one. Yeah. I don't care what them other fellas said about missile weapons being the weapon of cowards. You're going to be outgunned and outnumbered most of the time. So, hunker down 
and pepper them full of arrows. arrows. Yeah, because that's a stabby weapon. Eight stab. And you drive it through them hard enough. You can also use crossbows, javelins, and other such things. Yeah. Even a sling stone would feel one of them little halfling pellers. Yeah. Hey, it's all good. As long as you're whittling hit points off them before they get to touch you, you have just gained an advantage. I like advantages. Yeah. I like advantages as much as I like liquor and winning. Yeah. Now, when we was talking about that oil, you need something to light it with. Now, sometimes you can use your flint and steel, but some, that's, that takes a little bit of time there. You know, you just can't always count on having that time to hunker down, strike some flint to steel, and get them sparks rolling. So you need some torches. Or, better yet, if you've got yourself a bullseye lantern, which is multifunctional. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think you did. All right. Multifunctional items like a bullseye lantern, because you can shutter it off and not let any light peek out. That's just the whole point right there. Sure, you need a light source, unless you're one of them critters that's got the infravision, which... Like one uh, of them dwarves or elves. Yeah. Now, if you're not one of those critters, well, you're going to need a light source in the dungeon. But you don't want to light yourself up like a little beacon, uh, just a little the sign saying, please come eat me. No, <laughs> no. You don't want to be an all-you-can-eat buffet for every critter in the dungeon by shining a light where don't no light belong. So go ahead, get your bullseye lantern, spend the extra money. It's worth it. Put that light just where you want it and nowhere else. And be able to turn it off at a moment's notice. Yeah, that's being sneaky. <laughs> that's where you're good at. Now, I also recommend that you can throw it, but only do that in the last case scenario or last ditch effort. Make, selfie, make sure that you, when you use your lantern, that it's a resource and guard it appropriately. You just need to use a little bit of oil with it, but you can create a good fire with it if you need to flee. Now, another thing, get yourself one of them mirrors. A little silver one. Or a metal one if you can't afford the silver. Yeah, it may be small, and it may seem like an unnecessary expense, but what price looking around a corner and knowing for sure that it's not full of critters looking to make a meal out of you? I personally consider it the best investment you can make, uh, second to good weapons. Now, knowing what's waiting for you around that corner can serve you well but not just in terms of avoiding being surprised. This is also helpful in circumstances where you find yourself with creatures that got gaze attacks. Now oh, yeah, like one of them there Medusas. Yeah. Yeah. You'd She'd turn you to stone before you could stab her until she dies. Uglier than my ex-wife. Oh. oh. Now, you also want to have a pry bar handy. Now, some DMs say that they ain't in the, on the charts, but you ask around, you'll find yourself a pry bar. It's useful, and it helps you open up doors, and in extremis, you can use it to bash a creature's brains out. It, it does qualify as an improvised club. It sure does, and it's made of metal. <laughs> and if you meet one of them doggone rust monsters always eating your armor and your weapons up, you can throw that at them. Those creatures, they may be voracious for that metal, and maybe all upon it. But they'll throw it, you throw it at them, they'll go right for it first. Guaranteed. And... Lord knows you don't want a rust monster neck deep in you when you're wearing plate mail. It yeah. is not a pretty picture. Uh, we didn't want this to be a horror show, though. No, 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 no. We don't go there. We ain't going to talk about that time we both wound up running uh, out of that dungeon next to butt naked. The thing was as friendly as a puppet dog, though. <laughs> yeah, he was a sweet little feller. 
Uh, right up till I was suddenly naked, and then I was less than less than keen on it. Uh, yeah, so that's why you want to also bring a club, just yeah. a wooden one, because you know sometimes things dissolve weapons. You know, you got your acid traps and all that other angles, alchemical stuff. Your green slimes and such, which once again, uh, having that alcohol handy uh, and a fresh torch, you may have to burn something off you that you don't want. Oh. It's no fun, but it's a good way to stay there. And also carry yourself a couple extra daggers. Not always, always are they good for stabbing things till they die, but you can use them for all sorts of things. Throwing, even spiking something if you need to. It's true. A dagger is your improvised thieves tool for just about every emergency, and if you haven't got a proper rogue handy, a pry bar and a dagger is about the best you can manage. Yeah, with all the baggage you're having to shake them down after every session. You open up one chest and all the gems are gone. All that's left is copper pieces and a few gold coins laying at the bottom of it. You don't want that. Some of them rogues are more trouble than they're worth, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> you also want to keep some old standbys. Some of us old dungeoneers know some tricks like chalk. Yeah, see, many's the DM that'll drop you into a maze. With no warning, no advance planning. Have it in advance. Little chalk, some, maybe a ball of twine, and you can find your way out of most any mazes. Huh. Except in, of course, your magical kinds where they shuffle stuff at random. Ugh. But, unless it's a magical maze, you've got the ingredients you need to work your way out of any old Greek myth. That's right. Man, don't forget cow trips, too. Oh, now this is a fine addition to the arsenal. Now, they didn't have these in the earliest of days, but we've sure taken a cotton to them since. Oh boy, haven't Yeah, second to spiking a door. Area denial. Oh boy. That's a big word. <laughs> Don't get intimidated by it. Aerial denial weapons are a thing of choice for your discriminating dungeoneer like us. Now, we dungeon brothers have been doing this for a long time. You can make an area unpassable without them creatures limping around, hollering that they got something on their foot, <laughs> which gives you an advantage, and I love them advantages. That'll give you time to throw some fire on them. If you can just imagine a choke point in the hallway and a bunch of critters running your way, and they stumble onto them caltrops just before you light the oil you soaked the floor with, well, now you just got your up. Picture of carnage right there. <laughs> Norman Rockwell, be proud. That's right. Now, let's talk weird critters. Oh. Things to prepare for. Now, your DMs, they'll send things after you that are invisible. Now, there's not much you can do about that without no. a mage or a handy magic item. But, there is a handy home remedy for knowing when things are walking your way. That's right. It's a bag of flour. It ain't just for baking biscuits, although I do make some pretty decent you biscuits. You do. Uh, but a bag full of flour, and you can cover the floor in a fine mist of white powder that, uh, well, if you see something shuffling along, leaving footprints in it, you know what's what. That's right, and if you're lucky enough, you might be able to coat them in it too. Then you can stab it till it dies. <laughs> the old-fashioned way. Stab it till it dies. So much for your sneaky monsters, Mr. DM. Now, 
That's not the only trick in the DM's arsenal. There's also shape-shifting oh. wear critters. Things oh. that ain't hit by nothing but silver. They don't like that silver, none. Nope. No, they do not. They are not friendly to uh, old-fashioned silver items. And you can get silver put on just about any kind of weapon. Uh, although you don't much see it in the big long swords and whatnot. No, 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 you don't. But silver arrows. And Good. a dagger. Yeah, silver arrows and a silver dagger. You whittle them down with the arrows, and you jump on mm -hmm. them with the dagger, and what do we do? Stab we stab it, it till it dies. That's right. <laughs> now, you can even silver a spearhead if you mind to, but remember, this is pricey stuff. You may want a few levels under your belt and some gold pieces in your pouch before you aim for that. Now, you also want to... You ain't traveling around with one of them goody-two-shoe paladins or preaching clerics. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, I like me a cleric and party and they turn undead and do all that fancy healing and stuff. But, you know, sometimes it just ain't worth all that sass. It's true. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to talk about a thing that... Uh, yeah. Now, we, we ain't necessarily proud of this. And it, as we were saying, it, it's not so good with the goody two-shoes like your, your paladins and your clerics. But there is this little thing called poison. Oh. <laughs> Now, uh, I'm just saying, if your DM is of an open kind of mind, uh, shop around. Doesn't have to be a lethal poison. Doesn't, no, 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 don't, no. Don't have to be some kind of indescribable agony. Could just be a little something that puts them to sleep or slows them down. Now, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. You can put that on an arrow or a spear tip or you can coat a blade with it. Now... You can also use some monsters, if you're good enough and skilled enough. You can get a second use out of a monster, like one of them there giant scorpions. And it's venom right. out of its tail, or great big old snake, big old poison rope. Just cut them open, carefully take out that poison, coat your blade with it. You'll see the monsters doing the kicking chicken and swerving around, screaming their heads off. But it don't matter, because they're going to be gone pretty soon. <laughs> Put them out of their misery. And... No offense to the better natured amongst the party, but uh, <clears throat> it's all about winning. Not being dead at the end of the day is more important than these fine sensibilities. That's right. Sometimes you got to do things to survive to get those EPs. Now, your DMs will throw these creatures at you that, uh, oh, say they can't be hit by nothing but the silver weapon or cold iron or whatnot, but if they need to breathe or they are susceptible to poison, yeah, you still got a weapon in your arsenal that works. So I'm, I'm going to come down firmly on the side of uh, keeping poison open as an option. That's right. And some of you more demonic creatures, they don't like none of that cold iron either. So if you can find yourself a nice cold iron blade, take it. Because it might just save your life. Now, in the defensive category... There is a concept I would like to, to share, mostly involving the tower shield. Oh, yes. Now, you're going to want this in the hands of your stronger fighters. <laughs> Much like plate mail, this is a cumbersome thing. It ain't just for everybody. It's an item that, now, individually, it may be useful as a sled or as... A loot sled, too. You can use them as a toboggan, even. That It's true. You can drag your loot along behind it, or you can carry a wounded character on it. 
Uh, yep. But leastwise, often forgotten, if you have two or three strong members in your party carrying these shields, you can form the shield wall. That's a classic tactic, as I was told. Now, your DM may be obligated to respect this by giving people a miss percentage. And that's an advantage in your part of the dungeon. Now, uh, you may find yourself against cleverer critters, and that's where this is called for. If you got thinking critters like hobgoblins, who, well, you know, they may be of the goblinoids, but they are cunning buggers. They ain't stupid, that's for sure. Yeah, like bugbears, you know? They got some, uh, they got some sneak to them. Now, boy, do they hurt when they hit. <laughs> yeah, you can tell where them extra hit dice went. It's mostly in their fists. Ugh. Now... You lay up a shield wall, and all of a sudden, your enemy's missile's about as good as a fart in a windstorm. That's right. And that's a good way to be. And it's both useful. <laughs> you got a lot of use out of that. And if you have to get downhill real fast and it's all snowy, well, you can just have yourself some fun anyway. Now, other handy things, we should at least make, make an homage to the fine old-fashioned rope. What? The old-fashioned rope. No, what did you say before that? Homage. Oh, is that a village over there uh, by the Temple of Elements Evil? <laughs> no, it, it's an ode. Uh, it, it's a it's a tribute to one of the finest tools in any player's arsenal. Ah, all right. Well, now you're talking my language. Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. See, rope. Rope is not just. One of those things you should be carrying around with no use for pretend adventures. Rope. Ah, well, if your DM's any kind of canny fella at all, uh, you're going to find yourself in a scenario where you got 50 feet to climb and 20 foot of rope. Everybody should have some on them. And remember, extra pieces of rope can be tied together. That's right. With only a minimal loss of footage. You know, you got five players and 20 foot on each of you, none of you are overburdened, and you got 100 feet worth of climbing. And that's 100 feet you don't have to drop. That's right. Or at least pull yourself out of after you did drop in it. Sorry about that. Yeah, well, it happens. Now, uh, in keeping with the theme of the rope, it can also be used to repair. There are scenarios you may find yourself in where you, it, it's not so much climbing down or climbing up, so much as it's going over. And a rope can allow pilks to climb hand over hand and work their way past obstacles without having to set foot in any of them. Especially if you got somebody in the party who can at least make it across one way or another. That's right. You work together, you can come overcome any obstacle. Determination will see you through more problems than just about any other item. And speaking of that, I hear tell people talking about 10-foot poles. Now, I know that you won't touch it. <laughs> I won't touch it. But if you won't, don't want to touch it, then the 10-foot pole is your best friend. It, it, traditionally, the 10-foot pole is a good, hard piece of wood that can let you know when there's traps up in front of you. And once again, this comes back to uh, keeping thieves out of your party if you don't have a mind to lose half your treasure every time they open a chest. Ten-foot pole lets you poke this, that, and the other thing without putting yourself at great risk. Unless it's area effect. And then, well, then you're just screwed. You just gotta take it. 
Yeah, that giggle gas was something else, man. <laughs> uh, I had stomach aches for a week. Now, you can also break it in two. Then you got two five-foot poles, which is less effective than one ten-foot pole. But still, it's two poles. <laughs> so you can use it to shore something up or make it a small impromptu ladder with some rope. Likewise, exactly. Having more than one ten-foot pole in the party is no harm. Just because somebody's got one doesn't mean that's all you're going to need. Having two and rope and the supplies to tinker with them, you can build all kinds of newfangled contraptions to get yourself out of messes that you didn't plan on being in. And that's one thing we're good at, getting out of messes. <laughs> well, Just like that time when we was up in, up in Nob and got up in trouble with the sheriff up in Nob. Mm -hmm. I got you out of that mess, didn't I? Well, I still ain't paid the fine, so I can't go back there, but... <laughs> well, who cares? Ain't nobody gonna pay no never mind of that. Well, there ain't no witnesses but that mule. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Speaking of which, I do want to highlight a DM's urge to remove treasure opportunities from you by depriving you of wealth by making the wealth heavy. Now, this is where your beasts of burden come in mighty handy. And some of them loot sleds that we was talking about from them tower shields. You hook some rope to them, tie it around your shoulders, you can drag just about anything out. Yeah, you get yourself a few extra sacks. Uh, specifically from the equipment, they're dirt cheap. You can get yourself a whole mess of sacks, haul everything out one pile at a time, load it on the sleds, and drag it behind a mule or horse of your choice. Uh, it's easier to walk home with 10,000 gold than it is to ride home fast with a 1,000. That's right, and you can get away with both if you're smart. Well worth the time and investment. Now, <laughs> I'm going to advocate for good, strong boots. And let it be noted that you purchased good, strong, heavy leather boots for your adventuring needs. Why? There's all kinds of things rooting around in the mud that are going to oh, try to bite you. Oh, some critter trying to crawl up your leg and sass you. Yeah, worst part of a dungeon. Everything wants to sting your ooze mucus on you. That's right. So you get some fine, fancy footwear, and you can do some stomping, as well as provide you a might handy chance to avoid it getting your leg cut off. <laughs> and then having to buy a peg leg or look for a clerk with... Some kind of healing spell that reattaches your leg. Boy, <laughs> I'm still trying to get that one. I'm still paying off the cleric for that left hand. Oh, well, again. But you also want to make sure when we're talking about animals, also maybe having a good war dog. Not only are they good companions and fine, fit friends, they can save you in a pinch. They hear and smell things better than you can. And speaking of smell, I've got to take a bath. <laughs> but they can suss out a goblin... In almost two miles. Now, a couple of good bloodhounds that are willing to fight and get them some good uh, solid collars so that uh, it ain't easy for critters to get a grip on their neck. And you got yourself two extra fighting men right at your side. And they're loyal, too. Yeah. The only thing they're worried about is uh, their payday is when it's chow time. That's right. And they ain't too picky about that most of the time. Just let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, yep, you, may, you might also balk at certain things like making sure that your provisions are always up to the snuff. Don't let your rations sit into your pack too often. If you haven't been nibbling at them trail rations, 
you know, toss them out. Always keep your rations going around. But also, rations can be thrown at monsters. Some of the dumber ones, like oozes and slimes, will go for an easy meal rather than chasing you down. So you've got to keep your mind always on the spot that monsters, some of them are as smart as you are. Yeah, not all of them is clever. Some of them, they're going on just plain instinct. And if you can distract them with food or shinies, you can keep yourself clear of danger that you don't need to be in. Save those resources for when you meet a critter that is determined. Now, that brings us very near our close here. But I, I hope we've given you uh, a fine idea of how to make the best use of some of the tidbits you got laying around, sitting there in the old general store, that you didn't think were all that important. But, if you're in a party that isn't sporting a powerful mage, and maybe it don't have no uh, pesky cleric or no pesky rogue, you just got a couple of warriors out on the town, this is how you get by. It's how you get things done, and most importantly... You make sure that when you come across those monsters, you stab them till they die. Dies. And if they don't die, you set them on fire. And if they still don't die, you run. <laughs> That's our motto. No shame in running if you have to. There's always a chance to come back later. Put some distance between you and them. Don't give them the time to heal up. That's right. Now, you got any questions, comments, or concern about me and Clem, you can talk to Clem and Clyde or you talk to Mike and Randy, and they'll direct your messages right straight to us, and we'll answer Well, as soon as they find us, we'll be back at the cabin sometime up in the woods. That's right. Still looking up, looking over our shoulder from that chair from Noel. Well, and making a little more medieval moonshine. <laughs> now, we hope you enjoyed our little show here, and we'll be doing more of these. So, remember, when you're in the dungeon and you're facing some godforsaken monster... Stab it till it dies. And if it don't, set it on fire. And if it still don't, run. Run. All right. This is me. <laughs> and this is me. And we're both saying, Stab it till, till it, it dies. dies. See ya. <laughs>